Welcome everyone. It's our pleasure to have you all join on again on this second show of our Tea Time on the Hills show. Um, it promises to be very insightful today. Oh yes. We also want to say a big thank you to you all for listening, liking and dropping your comments for our last show. Today I'm having chamomile, honey, and vanilla tea. As usual. As usual. <laughs> enjoying the refreshing blend of honey and vanilla. What are you having, Ify? I'm still having peppermint tea. It's, it's my absolute favorite. And uh, this time it's just plain. It's just uh, perfect for oh, today. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Nice. Enjoy. So uh, without any further ado, let's get to it today. We're talking about being black in mm. North America. That moment we realized we were black. Yeah. The fact that our skin color never mattered mm -hmm. until we moved to North America. You know, the implications of our blackness yeah. uh, for us as women, for our kids, our men, and of course our society at large. So tell me if he, what, do you think being black meant to you and mm -hmm. what does it mean to you now? I mean, comparing back in your home country and now in your new home country. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a good question. Um, you know, being black in Nigeria, which is my home country, just meant that I had darkest skin tone um, than a lot of girls around me. Like I always knew I was that darker girl. It was a thing, you know, and I say girls because it did not mean anything to the boys around me. Yeah. Um, I was aware of the color of my skin from mm -hmm. as early as eight. Um, it meant something because even my mom, my sisters, you know, my friends, other immediate family members would make comments like, oh, you are dark like your dad. And, you know, people would laugh, you know, and as a kid, you wouldn't understand. It's like, okay, yeah, you know, what does that even mean? Yeah. Uh, people would make comparisons like about my skin color as I compared to my other sibling. There was always a relationship between skin shade and beauty, you know? Oh, yeah. Hmm. Basically, the lighter your skin, the prettier you're perceived to be. You know, that meant that on a scale to 10, with 10 being the lighter shade, my skin shade would be around, I don't know, four. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did not realize that was a name, you know, for this anomaly because it doesn't make any sense till like, you know, 25 years later and I'm living here. And I realized, oh my God, you know, listening to all the other black people here and just becoming more aware of myself, I'm like, that was colorism, you know, yeah. basically black people putting a scale on the blackness and basically seeing that, okay, the lighter skin is somehow superior or prettier and, mm -hmm. and that, you know, I'm like, yes, this is colorism. And, you know, with more research, I realized this is the grandbaby of colonialism, <laughs> <Grand> basically. <baby>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. how did this happen? And just going through history and all that, I'm like, okay, this is grandbaby of colonialism, religion and white supremacy, basically. That being mm. said... In the community, everyone was just people as well. You know, in the Nigerian community, everyone was just people and everyone's experience most, was mostly equal and had nothing to do, as at least as far as I can tell, mm -hmm. uh, it had nothing to do with the color of their skin or yeah. skin shade. You yeah. know? So that was my experience of blackness um, in my home country. Yeah. That being said, um, now that I'm here in Canada, in North America, mm -hmm. um, being black has been, you know, exciting, has been a learning experience for me. Because like I said, I mean, what 
multi-potentialite. <laughs> and once I find something that has a scope and is a topic, I basically, mm. it's exciting for me. And um, it's an absolutely intriguing experience, you know. Um, for me, at first, it was just about me noticing that, you know, I stuck out, I stuck out um, like a sore thumb, yeah. you know, basically just being here and just walking on the street and it's like, uh, no one else has curly hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, mm. you know, and it, it was flattering as first because it's like, okay, yeah, the queen is here. <laughs> and, you know, because I did have a problem with, I didn't have a problem with being scared, stared at, you know, because I know I look good. So it's like, yeah. okay, you know, mm-hmm. can look. Um, but with time, I noticed it was different, you know. Sometimes it's like, I mean, most people here are nice and polite. and But sometimes you get that occasional stink eye. Like someone yeah. just looking at you and be like, what are you doing here, basically, I with know, all that look? Right. Mm-hmm. And then there is the patronizing questions and, oh, where are you from? And those kind of things, some funny looks, mm. like, okay. And then there's some head shakes and, like... And you can't help but wonder, right? Yeah. There are snarky comments like, okay, you know, just things and some outrightly rude commentary that got me thinking and how a stranger can know me enough at sight to think that they can speak to who you are. You know, being black meant that I had to get used to being a minority. It was my first time actually exploring Mm -hmm. that, you know, that word. It was never a thing back home, like being a minority. Mm. Like, no, I'm not minor. I'm (laughs) I'm all this, right? Right. Being the only one for sometimes when you go to certain places. Yeah. yeah. You know, like at work, I worked in a place that had at least 200 employees and I was the only black person. And at first right. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I can get used to it. You know, like, but like I said, as I, as I stayed there, it's like, okay, getting to understand what that meant. You know, when you go to certain things like going to get a massage and it's all white people, not that it, it matters, but with time, they start to notice just notice okay you know when you go to some high-end stores for example you just notice just stick out you know i had to go back to the basic and you know just kind of do my research oh yeah and study history yeah talk to other people just to be sure it's not all in my head exactly right because sometimes Mm -hmm. you're like am i going crazy i know i just being ultra sensitive Mm -hmm. so um i could not continue to be ignorant i had i got to a point where it's like okay girl you have to Sit down, do your research, you know, understand, you know, not just all you got from my sense. You know, you have to also understand really the history of the people that you've right. come to be among. Oh, you yeah. know, just, you know, just to understand um, everything that was going on in 2020 that brought me to this point was like the Black Lives Matter movement, you know, the death of George Floyd just got me really... Hmm, okay, if you can't, you have to know. Um, ignorance is not bliss, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and all that represented meant that these stories were thrown in our faces and we yeah. have to, you know, pause and take notice because even if you didn't want to notice, neighbors down the street want to know what you think and they're looking at oh, you yeah. like, okay, I'm not one of them. And it's like, you know, if you have to really take your time, understand history because you cannot continue to ignore it. And um, yeah, that's, you know, that's where I'm at. Um, so Ives, did you notice any difference for yourself between blackness at home? Oh, yeah. And how it is perceived here? Yeah, I mean, for me, I, I just simply existed as human, you know, back in my home country. I never saw or paid attention to race. 
we were, you know, it's a predominantly black country. And because yep. of that, there was never the question of what if what it was I was experiencing or going through was a function of my skin color. Right. But now, of course, there were times that I have experienced certain things or was treated in a type of way as a result of other factors such as, mm -hmm. you know, being 